0: How are we all doing this morning? Anybody staying warm? <laughs> I tell people on cold days like this, Sparks doesn't give me an edge at all. <laughs> well, it is great to be here. Uh, Pastor Brian and Kasha and the family are down on her side of the family in Missouri, Springfield, enjoying the holidays with family. Pastor Braley and Aubrey are in Oklahoma enjoying family. And Pastor Casey is on a missions trip with uh, some young people to Germany, working with the Clinchards. And so guess who that leaves at home? <laughs> <laughs> hey, I think it would be really cool, because I know they're probably gonna either watching it now or they're going to watch it. I think it would be really neat to just kind of Say hi to Pastor Ka- and Kasha and to Pastor Braley and Aubrey and Casey, okay? So, on the three, on the count of three, let's all say, Hi, Pastoral Staff, Happy New Year. You ready? Look at your neighbor and say, Can you remember that little? Okay, ready? One, two, three. Hi, Pastoral Staff, Happy New Year! Woo! I I am so appreciative of of Shannon and Hayden, and uh, what what a great job they did, amen? Uh, I love it when churches can come together, because that's the church. And I don't know if many of you are aware of it or not, but there's been many times that when they have, uh, because of circumstances, had an absentee of someone to lead their worship, they've called Sister Clay and had her come and play the piano for them as they would do their worship, and so now uh, they have come here to do this for us. I'm so thankful for that. I hope you're praying for the churches in our community, because you know what? As great as Bethany is and as much as we love Bethany, we can't do it all. Amen? We're better together. So before I start this message, I want us just to pray for our churches in our community that God will bless them and give them one of the greatest years they've ever had in 2018. And that they will begin to come together more and more. And we can see a difference in Adrian and Lenawee County. Let's do that right now. Father, thank you for who you are. Man, when I, I, I hear Shannon talk about how you got a hold of his life and changed him. That's every one of us. How we thank you for that, Lord. And Lord, there is a difference when Jesus comes inside. And Lord, we pray for the Nazarene church and the church of God. And we pray for the Baptist church. God, we just lift our churches and our community before you, Lord. We pray for an anointing upon them. We pray, God, that you will help them to find their niche and fulfill it. And that, God, you would help us to all see that it's not an Assemblies of God heaven, and a Baptist heaven, and a Nazarene heaven. It's just one. And I thank you, Jesus, that all of us who know you and our blood-bought are going to be there. So God, I pray your blessings and your fulfillment upon the churches in this area, and this community, and this county. For it is in Jesus' name we pray, and everybody said, Amen. Amen, amen. Let's give the Lord a hand clap. I love Bethany. Bethany's been my home for probably over 45 years, and uh, I, love, I love Bethany. I love you people. So appreciative. We are so blessed. You know that? We really, really are. I want to talk to you this morning about a concept that Pastor introduced to us a couple of years ago called one word. Did you know that words are powerful? They are so powerful that scriptures tell us that they can pave the way for life or they can dig the way for a grave and death. Listen to it in Proverbs 18. Death and life are in the power of the tongue and they that love it shall eat the fruit thereof. Think of it, church. I have the power and you have the power to impart life to people, or death by what we speak. No wonder we're cautioned in the Word so much about a lot of talking. Listen how the Living Bible translation says, Proverbs 18, 21. Those who love to talk will suffer the consequences. Men have died for saying the wrong thing. Now, some of you that talk more than others, Ooh, baby. you probably never realized that one was in there, and I didn't, I didn't pull it up. It was just there. You know, what really sounds like a big deal being made over such a small thing like words. I mean, after all, you know the saying, I believe, sticks and stones may break my bones, but... Words will never hurt me. Well, do you know what? According to the word of God, words are not a little deal. Words are a huge deal. Listen to this scripture in Matthew 12. But I tell you, on the day of judgment, people will have to give an accounting for every careless or unused word they speak. I want you to notice that underlined phrase there. For every careless or useful word they speak. The King James says the word idle. Idle speech. Did you know that the scriptures even go on to point out that there is something not right when we profess to be believers and our words are opposite our profession? This one really kind of sobered me. James chapter 3. For every kind of beast and bird, of reptile and sea creature, can be tamed and has been tamed by mankind. But say it with me. No human being can tame the tongue. It is restless evil, full of deadly poison. With it we bless our Lord and Father, and with it we bless people... uh, And with it we curse people who are made in the likeness of God. From the same mouth come blessing and cursing. My brothers, these things ought not to be. Does a spring pour forth the same uh, opening both of fresh and salt water? Can a fig tree by my brothers bear olives or a grapevine produce figs? Neither can a salt pond yield fresh water. Listen to what James says. James says we bless God with our mouths and then turn around and curse people made in God's image. So when we curse people, it's like we're cursing God because God made those people like him. How do we know we curse people and thereby curse God? We do it by using words that produce death rather than life. You know, I was thinking, I'd never connected the two before, but I was thinking of, of the James passage and our inability in ourselves to tame the tongue. How many have discovered that along with me? That right when you think you got it down and you got it good, something slips out. And you think, man, where did that come from? When I thought about how that our tongue is totally, absolutely out of control, I thought of John chapter 1. In the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God. And verse 14, And that word became flesh and dwelt among us. Let me tell you something, brother and sister. You may not be able to control your words, but when you get the word inside of you, you can control your words. So when we find words that are not blessing, but words that are idle, words that produce death, we can die more so Jesus can live more. And when he lives... It affects the way we talk. Now, I want to look at some words up here on the screen. These are words that bring death. I I want you to notice them. It would be nice if I pointed this thing where it needs to go. Dumb. Trash. Nobody. Ugly. When you were born, they... They threw away mama's looks and gave you the fence post. You ugly. (laughs) And there's some people that are skinny, and there's some people that are fat souls. No good. You're no good. You're never going to amount to anything. You are such a failure. I want you to notice something. Notice on this side, the word is kind of small, but over here it's big. I did that for a reason, because words are not seen the same by everybody. For example, if you're on this side, and you're the one that's saying these things, it's really not a big deal, I mean, come on so you're dumb and I call you dumb, not a big deal, doesn't, yeah it's alright, all I mean it's just words, right? wrong because to the person whom you say it to it's like a megaphone I mean it cuts and rips deep into your soul into your mind and your will and your emotions And as a kid, when you hear that over and over and over again, guess what happens? There's a lot of raw wounds that take place inside because of that. We don't look at words the same. Let me illustrate it. There's a story told about a fourth grade teacher. She gives an assignment to her students, and the assignment is this. She says, by tomorrow, I want you to come back to class prepared to give me a sentence with these three words in it deduct, defense, and defeat. Kids are wondering what in the world? So they all went home, and Johnny kind of really took this on as a project. So he goes home, and he, he runs into his bedroom, and he thinks, and he thinks, and he's ripping up papers and throwing them in the trash and starting over. And I mean, he gets bedtime, and he's got zip, zilt zero, nothing. He gets up the next morning, and he's brushing his teeth, and he goes to the, after he's left the breakfast table, all of a sudden, he gets this illumination. And he writes a sentence with those three words. He goes to school. The teacher comes to that part of the class where she's asking kids to share their sentence with those three words. And not one hand is raised except Johnny. And he's like, I mean, you know, there's nobody else with a hand raised. Come on, Johnny. Just relax. (laughs) And so the teacher says, Oh, this is great. Let's let's Johnny share with us your sentence. And he stood and he said, D duck jumped over defense and landed on defeat. (laughs) Huh? the duck jumped over the fence and landed on defeat i do not think that's what the teacher had in mind <laughs> and i share that humorous little story church to help us to realize something that do you know it would be less painful if you literally broke someone's arm and it healed in 6 months than to use these damning, killing, destroying words that pierce the heart and wound the soul which has never healed. You know, there's people here today and there's people watching by internet that just hearing those words and seeing them was like somebody taking a salt shaker and dumping it on the wound of their heart and their spirit. And do you know what the sad thing is? The sad thing is, is that that, those words were spoken 20, 30, 40 years ago. But there's still the rawness and the hurt and the pain of those words. That's how damaging and destroying Words can be. But I'll tell you what, folks. I've got some great news for you. Because there's other words out there, too. I want you to take a look at them. Do you know that when people tell you and the devil tries to tell you that you're dumb, God says, no, you're not. You're smart. Do you know that when they tell you you're trash, God says, no, you're valuable. When they tell you you're a nobody, God says, you are a somebody. When they say you're ugly, God says you're beautiful. When they call you fat so God says you're unique. When they say you're no good, God says you're worthwhile. And when they say you're a failure, God says you're a conqueror. Now folks, I don't know about you. Those are the kind of words I want coming out of my mouth. And here's the beautiful thing. That not only are those words that God and Jesus say to us, but they are words that we can say to each other. It's fun blessing people. It's fun giving value to people. And one of the greatest ways we give value to people is through our words. Listen to how really good and neat and, and great feeling it is to bless people with good words proverbs 16 gracious words are like a honeycomb sweetness to the soul and health to the body i want to encourage you I, I, i'm not here to do this kind of thing to us no i'm here saying let's do this let's kick it up let's do even better church let's be true to our calling As Christians, let's truly be followers of Christ by the words we speak into people. There is another way, by the way, there's another way that a powerful word can be spoken that brings health, courage, and life. You ready? Here it is. It's when we speak that word over ourselves. Did you know one word can literally bring positive change into our life, and that's what I want to talk about for the rest of the message this morning. This is the time of year that we get ourselves up and set ourselves up for a perfect failure. Say, hey, I thought you were going to say something nice when you said perfect. You know, it's really interesting that we do it through New Year's resolutions. Now, I'm not going to ask How many have made resolutions? And my hands ain't up. Mine are busy in my pocket. But if you're anything like I am, you've made a few of them in your lifetime. And here's what happens. Every year, more than 87% of adults set goals and resolutions. Now, If you want what that equates in numbers, that's 206 million people. And of those 206 million people, 50% of resolution makers will fail by the end of January. We see things in our lives we need to address and bring to change. So we suck it up, we grind our teeth, and we set these goals that doom us to fail. You know, we've got to lose the weight. So we set these high and lofty goals for the gym, the workout place. The first three weeks, you better get there early because it's going to be crowded. But after that, you can go about any time you want because about half have dropped out by then. It's the same cycle, year, year. After year, try, fail. Move forward, fall backwards. You feel the sting of failure followed by frustration and guilt. Do you know what the definition of insanity is? It's doing the same thing you've always done, but expecting a different result. I like the way it says it here. If you don't, if you do what you've always done, you're going to... Let's say that one again. You are a little weak on that. And just so you don't feel guilty, look at your neighbor when you say it. If you don't want what you've always done, you'll get what you've always got. Yeah, I can't even read it right. Does that mean we should go for a third time, Denny? I knew that was Denny. He's always in my corner. And I'm in a roundhouse. Change, it's always hard, isn't it? I want to spend the rest of the time this morning sharing about the power of one word. Um, this time, not so much speaking it over others, but speaking it over ourselves. Uh, this board here behind me is um, what basically a lot of you were responsible for. Because last year, Pastor had shared with us, and we came up with words—a word that God spoke to us. We felt and we focused on for the year. It'd be interesting to hear some of the changes, some of the words were content, grace, blessing, patience, discipline, commitment, wisdom, supernatural, steadfast, good words. You know, we've got to be more deliberate if we're going to see change in our life. You've got To see the power of a single word as focus. That's the power of one word. It helps to bring us focus. And when we pick one word and focus on it throughout the year, it will change our life. How many want more change in your life? I do. Now, take a look at this person who attest to change in their life because they sought God and God gave them a word for 2017.
1: My word for 2017 was live with intention. And I know that Pastor Brian talks a lot about trying to find a name and a story. And for 2017, it kind of turned out that my name and story were about me when it dealt with living with intention. Um, I wanted to share three things and three ways that the word intent or living with intention have um, been woven through my life in 2017. Uh, The first way is through social media, um, specifically my Facebook page. Um, I have chosen very intently to only use positive posts, to use supportive posts, to use things that are encouraging to other people. Um, so that's really living with intent. One of the pieces about living with intent in social media that I've really appreciated is when people see my posts, they don't have to worry about whether anything's gonna be negative or whether it's gonna be um, derogatory or a cutting to somebody else. And so that's the first piece of it but the second part is i hope that they look at my posts that are encouraging and anticipate looking for them and seeing something good and so that's that's how social media has impacted me um, with living with intent a second piece would be kind of a bold move on my part that i decided to step out a little bit and be a little bit more uh, visibly uh, living for him Um, In actuality, I got a new license plate that said, A-L-L-N, the number four, and H-M, all in for him. And I wanna tell you that when you put a license plate on like that that says all in for him, um, you have to live with intent. Um, You drive with intent. Um, People see me coming out of my car with that license plate. They see me getting in my car with that license plate. Um, They might be following me. And I really did have to change the way I drive and drive intentionally, um, claiming that I'm his. So that was a really kind of an impactful piece. And The third one is probably the most significant for me, and that would be intentionally soaping. And I know that that's a big piece at Bethany. Um, it has become a lifestyle for me. Uh, actually today is number 644 in our days of soaping. Um, We started from the very beginning, and I can tell you that there might be a few days in there that are blank pages that just have the date on them, Um, but for the most part, we've been really consistent in our soaping for almost 644 days, and I can tell you what that has done for me uh, daily has been that I start my day grounded in the Word, and I start my day with something that I can lean into and that I can share with other people. Um, and that I can know that the rest of my day is grounded in that. Um, So that's been a big piece of who I am, and it's become a lifestyle more than something that we just do. So for 2017, um, living with intent has been pretty powerful for me. Um, And my hope is that by me having kind of an internal name and story with my word for 2017, that maybe somebody out there has had, maybe we have another name and another story that we don't even know about yet.
0: Isn't that great? Her word was intentional. Living with intent. What she put on Facebook or the media, she always made it positive, not negative. All oh, the, the, you know, all in for him to drive better. Now, this has been a, a challenge. My, my wife is my greatest reminder on how I drive. As though I don't know. I mean, I'm the one driving. <laughs> and I thought, maybe I need to get a license plate like that, but I already got one on the front bumper that says, bless. Maybe I just ought to bless others better by the way I drive. <laughs> yep. See, I, I knew I'd get that amen. Thank you, dear. She's always in my corner like Denny. No. No. <laughs> You know, the neat thing about having a one word is not only does it bring change into our life and help us to bless others, but that very change and blessing comes back to us. Um, My word for uh, 2017 was the word encourage. And so I began to focus and say, Lord, how can I be a better encourager? Back in September, uh, I have a, a good relationship with the Department of Aging out of the Human Services Building, and, and I do a weekly Bible study at the Adrian Senior Center, and uh, the director of uh, the Department of Aging was having a meeting with all of the Lenawee County directors of senior centers in the county. And I happened to hear about it, and the Lord just kind of impressed me. So I I called up Carrie, and I said to her, I said, Carrie, I said, I understand on Wednesday you're having a meeting with all of your directors. She said, yeah. I said, "Could could I buy your meal for everybody and then just share five minutes or so of just an encouragement to your people? She said, oh, that would be great. So I went over there. And I did that. And I was planning on sharing my little encouragement and leaving. And by the time I got done sharing my encouragement, they wanted me to stay for the rest of the meeting. Do you know that from that has evolved now a thing where about once a month or so, I will send some kind of an encouraging, I call it my Tuesday tip. And I'll send the directors an encouraging Tuesday tip. And just about a month ago, one of those directors emailed me and was having some uh, tremendous challenges in her family. And in the email, she was asking if I would pray for her and her family. Wow. That's cool. And that's not because REV is in front of my name. It's because I determined to take a word and let it change my life. That's the power that I'm talking about. That's where God wants us to go as a congregation in 2018. That's what can assure you of great and beautiful change in your life. And let me tell you what's happened as, as a result of, of all of this seed planting, of encouraging people. Um, two specific things that I think of. One is pastor appreciation. that was back in October, I'm telling you what, I, I wish sometimes that you would know how much it really means to your pastors when you express love and appreciation to them. Because how many of you know that there are some people in the church who have a calling to make life challenging for the preacher? But I didn't say that. And I can't tell you the number. matter of fact, I have a file at home. It's called my encouragement file, and it's people encouraging me. I've got, I've got cards in there from 10, 12 years ago. And every once in a while when the devil's beating up on me and, and kind of speaking some of those negative words to me, I just pull out that file, and I get blessed with encouragement. But here's the really cool thing. Many of you are aware that I just came off of about a three to four week bout with a lot of physical issues. It started out with gout in my wrist. Uh, How many have ever had gout? Boy, that is a miserable, I wouldn't wish it on the devil, and I don't like him. Very painful. I I, I always thought you could only get it in the feet, and never you could get it in, in your wrist. Hope it don't go to the nose, I don't know what happened then. Uh, then it went from that to this crud that's been going around. That hit hard for a couple of weeks, and, and it just seemed like it was one thing after another. And I'll tell you what, I can't tell you how blessed I stand here before you today from all the phone calls and cards, even had a guy just pop in. And paid about an hour visit with me in my home and prayed with me. And that meant the world to me. Let me tell you something. When you get that one word from God and you begin to live it out, it's not just to bless and help others around you. You receive blessing back. How many can use another blessing or two? Well, both of mine are up. The power of one word. It's not only the focus that motivates us into successful change, but it's heart. You see, resolutions are motivated by our feelings and our intellect. Therefore, they don't last long. Yet, when God gives you a word and he plants and burns it in your heart, and your heart then becomes what fuels that thing. Listen to what Luke says. The good person out of the good treasure of his heart produces good, and the evil person out of the evil treasure produces evil. For out of the abundance of the heart his mouth speaks. There is a powerful motivation when you speak one word that God gives you out of your mouth. Wow. Church, 2018 could be the greatest year of change ever in your life just by getting one word from God in your heart and focus on it all year. What things in your life need changing? Is change really possible in your life? Read my lips. Yes, yes, yes. It is. You say, Pastor Ron, I'm convinced one word works, but how do I get there? How do I get that one word, and how do I keep it in front of me all year long? Well, let me give you three steps to receiving and living out your one word that can change your life in 2018. You ready? Number one, prepare your heart. In other words, look in. In this stage of the process, the focus is on looking inward. Listen to this quote by John Wooden, who, by the way, was one of the greatest basketball coaches ever. He won 13 national championships. And he used to tell his players this all the time. Failing to prepare is preparing to fail. That's pretty good. Failing to prepare is preparing to fail. To fail. Here we've got to deal with one of the greatest robbers of life. And I am as guilty as anybody in this room on this. And it's the word called busyness. Can anybody else relate to that? Busyness throws us into a survival mode and it leaves no time for mission and meaning. Here's, here's the real craziness. About busyness. Listen to this. This is what it does. Busyness makes us stop caring. About the very things. We care about. Isn't that crazy? Busyness. Stops us from caring. About the very things we care about. About the very changes we want to see in our life. Because we're too busy. How do you deal with that? Well let me give you a couple of suggestions on how to prepare your heart and look inside yourself. We've got to unplug. We must intentionally find solitude in silence. You know what that may mean? It may mean no TV. It may mean no music, no computer, no cell phone, no other people, no to-do list. No life. That's what some of you are thinking. No life. If I don't have the TV on or the music going or the playing my video games, there's no life. Well, let me assure you, if you'll let that die for 20 minutes to a half hour every day and let come alive just getting alone with God, you'd be surprised how much life you'll get. Listen to Psalms 46.10. Be still. Say that with me. Be still. Look at your neighbor and say that. Be still and know that I am God. It's a great thing to unplug. Some suggestions of when to unplug. The morning time is a great time. It's before family and distractions kick in. Another great time is late at night. Or you know what? Maybe it's simply finding an isolated place where you can quiet your mind and listen to your heart. Here's another thing you can do to receive your one word. Ask questions. Questions like, what do I need? Questions like, what's in my way? What's keeping me from change? Questions like, What needs to go in my life? What needs to go? Listen to Matthew 7, 7. Ask and it will be given you. Seek, you will find. Knock and it will be opened to you. For everyone who asks receives. And the one who seeks finds. And the one who knocks, it will be opened. Do you know what that says to me, church, and to you? It speaks hope. It says that if I really do ask the questions, he's really going to answer the questions. If you don't want to know the answer, don't ask. If I really seek that one word, he promises me I'll find it. If I keep pursuing, if I keep knocking, if I keep looking, if I keep waiting, he promises he'll give me that one word. Do you know what that tells me? That tells me that there's not a person in this room that can't have a word for 2018 that will bring change in your life. And that's good, real good. Number two, discover your word. Look up. See, in this stage of the process of receiving one word, we make time for prayer. In the car, going to work, going on a prayer walk, we've got to have conversation with God these moments of talking with God about our needs and our wants, our struggles and our failures, our hopes and our dreams, they all become ways we reveal our heart to God. Why? So God can share His unconditional love for us. Now, do you think God knows all about you? He does. So why do I have to tell Him all this stuff? To remind you. To open you up. To remind you that you're not all there together. So that he can pour in his love that says, yeah, you're jacked up in a lot of areas. You're screwed up big time, but I love you. You're kind of weird, but I love you. You see, God's love really covers everything. Look up. Talk to him. Remember, the one word process is a journey to discover a God word. Not just a good word. So boldly ask God for the word. Believe he'll give you the word. Be willing to listen for that still small voice. And wait for God to reveal the word to you. In other words... We must live up. We must, prayer is more than just talking to God. Prayer is listening. Have you ever had those conversations with some people? Where from the moment you meet them till the moment you turn away, which is about 10 minutes later, you have said two words and they have said two billion words That's not a conversation. And we laugh at that. But you know what? Many times we're guilty of doing that with God. We come with our grocery list of needs. We come to tell Him how much we love Him and appreciate Him. And then we're up and into the busyness again. And God says, I wanted to tell you something. I want, matter of fact, I wanted to give you your word for 218. See, prayer is two way. We've got to make time to listen to God so that we can put it into action. Let me give you the last one live your word. Live your word. Once you've discovered the word that is meant for you, then it's time to live it out. Live it out. This is the most important part of the process. For simply knowing your word does no good, no change, unless you actively put it into your daily living. Now, that one word becomes your moment of truth. And do you know what the Bible says about truth? Listen to it, John 8, 31, 32. So Jesus said to the, to the Jews who had believed him, If you abide in my word, and you are truly my disciples, and you will know the truth, and the truth will Set you free. How many want to be set a little more free? I do. No, it's not going to be easy to daily step out and live out your one word. But it will be rewarding. Most of the time, stepping out means, guess what? Getting out of my comfort zone. And that's never easy. So, stay the course, church. To live out daily your one word, you've got to keep in f- it in front of you. Let me just give you a few ideas of how you can do that. How about making a screensaver with the word that God gives you so every time you get on your computer, you see that word? How about taking your iPhone and taking a picture of that word and keep it on your phone where you'll see it? How about putting it in the bathroom on the mirror? Or every time you go into the bathroom every day, you'll see that word. Pick a song. A song that reminds you of that word. So that it's kept before you. You see, this is so important because what gets your attention gets your focus. And if your word for 2018 is going to change your life, it's got to have focus. The way to give it focus is give it your attention. Keep it out there where you can see it. Secondly, you can help your word before you by surrounding yourself with people who will hold you accountable for your word. So, I'm fixing to do that right now. I already have my word for 2018. And... I don't know if I Denny plug your ears. I don't want you knowing it. <laughs> no, I want you all to know it, so you can help hold me accountable. My word this year is the word "open." Open. When God first gave it to me, I thought, "Open," like open, like O P E N. Open. Open. I mean. What can you do with open? Open? Yeah, open. I'm a little slow. And God started just speaking things to my heart and my spirit. Things like being open more to your wife when she corrects you. Ooh, I don't know. Ouch. Way out of comfort zone. Be open to new things. You know, the older I get, and I ain't that old, folks. I still got a lot of good in me, a lot of going in me. But you know what? Sometimes it seems the older I get, the harder it is to be open to change. Open. Open to God's voice. Open to other people. Open to what he speaks to me that sounds way out in right field. That's got to be for Cindy or somebody other than me. (laughs) Open. There's something about having people around you that can help hold you accountable, that will help you to succeed. You know why? Because we cannot expect what we don't inspect. And what I have done is just invited about three, three hundred or so inspectors into my life. We need that. We are better together. Yes, we are. I'm going to close. In closing, remember your one word is a process, folks. It's a journey. A journey of ups and downs that help you to shape you and I into that person that God has created you to be. To know your one word, you've got to know Him. If you don't know Him, you're going to have a hard time knowing your one word. I wonder what can happen to a church called Bethany where 5 to 600 people get a word from God one word and they begin to focus on it and they live it out every day of their life i wonder how much different the church will be Adrian will be Lenawee county will be the state of Michigan United States of America and the world all from your one word what is your word you say I don't know I'm telling you you can know and when you know it and live it out it will make a difference in your life and the life of all those around you let's pray every head bowed and every eye closed. There may be people that are here like like Shannon who testified that he believed in God, but God really wasn't a part of his life because he really didn't believe that God could do a better job at living his life than he could. And as you've been hearing this message this morning, you, you've been thinking, man, I just, something's stern inside of me. That's, that, that's God talking to you. He wants to come in and show you how much beauty is inside of you that He created and put there. But you have never discovered because you've not put your heart into His hands. Your life. And you'd like You'd like to, to come to know him. You'd like to take that step of faith. If that's you, I want you to just raise your hand and just put it up and put it down. Because I want to pray with you. Just slip it up and slip it down. We're not going to embarrass you. Yes, I see that hand. God bless you. Anybody else? Yes. Okay, yes, I see those hands. One thing I like about Bethany is we're a body. We're a family. And so I'm going to ask the family to help lead you who have raised your hands. And I want you to pray with us. But let's pray all this. Let's all pray this prayer together. Are you ready? Dear Jesus, I thank you that you are real. I ask your forgiveness that it's taken me so long to really realize that I can't do it. But I need you come into my life forgive me of my sins and my wrongs be my savior i give you my life all of me in jesus name thank you lord amen amen let's thank the lord I want to pray a prayer of blessing over you as we go into a new year. Could I do that before we close this service? Father, I thank you for these people. I pray that you would bless their rising up and their lying down, their going in and their coming out. I pray that you would bless them with that one word from you that they can carry all of 2018 That when they look back, they're going to be better, they're going to be stronger, they're going to be purer, they're going to be better. Because they lived out that word in their life. God, I pray for those that have family members that are not serving the Lord or have never accepted the Lord. Let 2018 be the year that that happens. God, I pray that you would bless them with finances, Lord. Those that struggle in our congregation to take that one next step into giving regularly by tithing. God, I pray that you will bring them to that point where they will be totally freed up to give so that you can open up the windows of heaven and pour them out blessings they cannot contain. God, I pray that healing would run rampant in this place in 2018. I pray for those that have headaches and those that have liver and kidney problems and those that have arthritis and those that have whatever the sickness or illness is, in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ, by your stripes we were healed. So we receive that and we thank you for the continuation of that in Jesus' name. Lord, I pray that every person in this body in 2018 will not just fill up space. They will find their place in Bethany and begin to function and operate in it, and that God, this church, will be raised in this community, and that it will be a lighthouse, it will be a hospital, it will be a refuge and a place of safe haven and love. We thank you for all of it, Lord, and we ask it in the name of Jesus, and everybody said, Amen.